you're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in for more Enneagram and Marriage Fun Together. Today, we are so grateful to have Kelsey Lincoln, Enneagram 6, to walk us through with all of the wisdom that sixes bring in their thinking type energy and looking ahead for us at the upcoming school year or year with littles or year with bigs like me going off to college, all the different ways that we can connect with our kids across all the types as parents. So we have not done an episode like this in a long time. And even though we're going to be covering seasons and parenting a little bit more in September, I wanted to get you guys off to a great start and so did Kelsey before the school year begins. I know here in the South, we have school starting actually this coming week. I'm postponing just a couple more weeks myself, but I really love that we can jump in with some preparations for as stress may come into your life or hopefully exit your life. If you're like, I'm sending my kids back to school, we're going to have some peace at home. Either way, we want that peace. We want that joy. And most of all, I know every parent listening or parent to be listening wants a true deep connection that is meaningful. You don't want to lose yourself, but you also truly want to give even more. So today we hope that this episode will allow you to do both of those things really well, where you're really doing your own work. And that's what we're calling you to do as parents of each type, um, but also really enjoy meeting your kids right where they're at, because whatever types they are or appear to be becoming they're just kids. They can't carry it all. They can't do it all for us. And when they're little, there's almost this sense of, oh, I would never expect that for them. But the older they get, the heavier the family burdens can become towards them and the family systems can shift. So this episode can be considered just a litmus test for how you're doing in that. And don't worry if like me, as I do some reveals on the pod, you find that you're like, I'm failing the test. Oh no, like understand there's a lot of grace and that's really important. And so I hope you both give the grace to others in your family and your spouse and to yourself as you listen. And I am going to encourage you to listen across all the types because I think there's hacks that are great for you, whether you're like, yeah, I resonate with like more of a leader or a peacemaker, or yeah, I can be really enthusiastic. Like there's going to be lessons for each of us within because we're complex more than just one Enneagram type. There's an archetype to us, but there's also a uniqueness to each of us. So I couldn't think of a better person person to bring on to do this with us than Enneagram with Kelsey in the sense that not only does she have a great following because she's an amazing coach, but Kelsey herself has the depths of somebody who has studied intercultural communications at Fuller. And I know we were talking before we got on like Fuller and Wheaton are like sort of sister schools in some ways of just trying to really give the depths of faith, but also practice and integration. And so I love that she brings that along with Enneagram expertise and a giftedness in communication. So we are so glad to have her. And of course, all of her infos in the show notes, we are opening up our collective again. Also, 
So excited about that tomorrow morning if you're listening live. So we only open up our membership group occasionally. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out Kelsey's coaching. And we're so excited to get to talk to her right here. Okay, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us for the ENM pod. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm so excited. This is going to be so fun. Yes, we have so many things in common as we were talking about before. Thinking types as well as the love of hiking, nature, our past with grad schools. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, so I am an Enneagram 6, um, just because I know that is always a big question people are wondering. Yes, (laughs) Um, I do have a strong 7 wing. Um, I've been trying to utilize my 5 a lot more. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I currently live in Colorado with my husband and we have a three month old, so very new and fresh still. <laughs> um, but yes, we love life. We love life in Colorado. Um, I went to Fuller Seminary, as you said, and got my master's in intercultural studies. And then shortly after that, I, um, had a job in communications and then I found the Enneagram and was super into it. Um, just did it as a fun hobby, you know, a reason to coffee table talk with each other, friends and wondering what everyone's type is. And then really just kept coming back to it. And so I got certified as a coach. Of, I think it was three or four years now. So yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you're using that six powerhouse wisdom. <laughs> For your clients, they are so blessed to have you. And so are we, because we're going to be talking about your beautiful uh, work with parenting hacks and deep dives. So we love both. And thank you, because we are all at that transition state. I know in uh, my area of the world, we are having kids launch into schools already this coming week. So we are sliding this episode in, in a transitional way to help people to do their parenting work. So thank you so much. We need the help. Oh yes. I love it. I'm I'm happy to be here and still learning as well. So always right. Yes. And my (laughs) daughter helps me a lot with marriage and, uh, on our Instagram and you bring up a great Mm -hmm. point because she was like, how am I helping couples even though I'm not married and I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like Harville Hendricks, one of the biggest marriage sellers of all time helped so much with his work, even as a person who wasn't married or divorced. And we have yeah. had people like that on our team and you're a young parent, but sometimes I feel like there's a perspective we have of being able to see things more clearly. So mm-hmm. I appreciate just you and your young son and just <laughs> knowing you're already on the journey but also oh, yeah. able to lift us up and give us hope for the things where we might be dragging along. Right. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Yes. You hear the desperation. Um, tell us before we get to that, just your yeah. husband's type and a bit about how you two met. Okay. Yeah. So he's a type nine. So we share a line, which is really fun. Oh my <laughs> um, gosh. We, yeah, I think it's so great. We really have such a good partnership and balance in that way. Um, and I think he can really understand me as a six because he understands going to that place yeah. and vice versa. Right. And so oh, yeah. that was huge for us. Um, mm-hmm. it was, it's such a great thing because we can um, share that. But at the same time, there can be moments of that where he becomes like me. Right. And I'm like, oh, no, I know what that looks like. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So it's both a good thing. And sometimes we have to work on it. Um so we met, it's, we've been married for four years. So we met about five, six years ago now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And he is that nine, that patient, loving, kind, gentle, um, very stereotypical that way, just Mm. great listener, caring. And I'm a little more feisty as you would say, (laughs) probably Um, always potentially looking at the future and what could, you know, of course go wrong. What ifs, um, but also preparing and keeping us kind of um, afloat and stable, Mm. if you will. So, Mm. yeah. But we also love fun and he's very optimistic and I would say I'm a realist. And so we balance each other that that way as well. Oh, that's neat. Oh my gosh. I love hearing he may have some of that one wing in terms of his idealism. And you're like, I keep us grounded, but he brings us the peace that we need. (laughs) So good. Yes, it's so good. So refreshing. And I love for sixes to hear that who may not even know all the depths of you do have such a beautiful line to nine that when you are invited Mm -hmm. there and you're Mm -hmm. able to have planned some, you're like, okay, now I can go there. So that's, that's neat to hear that you let him invite you there. Yes. Yes. Awesome. What do you feel like might be the best way to help us prepare as we're thinking about the best ways we can parent? But I was just as thinking about parenting in general, and I think the Enneagram is just, and you know this, working with married couples so much and how it helps marriages. Yeah. Um, it can help any relationship, right? So I think that's just the same for parenting as it provides this kind of quicker roadmap to see and to address those issues we, that come up in our lives, but also see our strengths. And I think so much of parenting is reflecting on what, either what your parents did for you in positive ways, or maybe things that were harder in your childhood and kind of reflecting and seeing, okay, what do I want to take in to parenting? And what do I want to leave behind and do differently? Mm. Um, And I think if we don't address our own stuff, then it's so easy for us to project into um, our parenting strategies and styles for our kids. Um, our fears can come out in sideways ways, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think every type actually projects, can, has the potential to project something negative into their parenting and so much positive, right? In your type mm-hmm. specifically. And knowing that we're all created uniquely and you have something unique to bring to the table in your type pairing to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was just, I think uh, as we go through each type, the way I've thought about it is what are the strengths and things you want to celebrate and work on and say, Oh yeah, I am really good at that. Mm -hmm. And then, and how can I facilitate um, bringing that out in myself more? And then also what are the pitfalls, right? What are the, our shadow side stuff and um, the things we don't really want to see or admit it's so easy. Our kids are like a mirror, you know, Um, just like maybe our spouses can be. Yes. (laughs) And so what can we address so that we're not projecting those things onto our kids? Mm, yeah. I love how you're helping us to take a slower pause and to move in this with intention. I also love that you come with a background of communications and uh, cross-cultural studies so that we can understand that you're coming in with depths. You're not coming in with this quick view of just us uh, complete subjectivity. You're like, mm. let's really draw together some big picture, but then thankfully- Thank you for saying you'll go through the nine types. So we would love that. Yes. Yes. And I think that's, you know, as my past of intercultural studies, I will say there's so much nuance to this, right? Like everything I'm going to say is, is our tips and things to look out for that are subject to the nine types. But at the same time, 
culture has huge difference, right? There's trauma that we've all been through that might have really affect your parenting in a different way, um, right? We're not going to talk about it, but you could be really living in your stress type. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things are just huge factors that we don't have 30 minutes to get into, but I just yeah. wanted to say that as a disclaimer in the beginning. Yeah. Um, so, oh, yes. Thank you. That's huge. And even you started us by saying our parents' typology is all in there too. So this is mm-hmm. a really good place for people to just, it's a shorter episode. So listening through the nine yes. types will be such a gift to you because you'll probably, like you said, find different places. So, okay, yes. well, let's start with type one. Tell us about type okay. ones yes. and parenting and what we can learn there in that one space. Yes. So as you probably know, type ones are that they have that huge desire to be good, right? That's a huge driving force for them, do things the right way. And so that's going to totally influence their parenting. They want to do what's right by their child and what they think is right. Um, And so that's going to make them already set up for so much success because they're going to always want to learn and grow and be better. And so I think that is huge for the one because not everyone's wired that way. Um, And that also, they thrive on that structure, they thrive on consistency. And so their kids are going to see that and really feel safe with that. You know, kids often, not all maybe, but most thrive on structure and routine, especially in those younger years. And ones are going to naturally do that. That's just a strength of theirs. Um, So that alone is just huge strengths of the one. Um, Maybe the things we got to look at in the areas of growth. Yeah. Um, are that, that critical side of the one. So because they have that strong inner critic in themselves, it's going to maybe flood out on their kids if they're not careful of addressing it and facing it a little bit more and really working on watching and having the awareness of when that can come out. And so a lot of kids that are parent or kids of um, ones will say, you know, I had a really critical parent as a one. Um, I felt that judgment and maybe too high of expectations. I never really felt good enough. Those are some of the harder sides that kids may feel from ones if they're not careful about addressing how they communicate. Um, That's a big one I I tell ones is, how are you sending your message? Because it might not sound critical to you, but it it might sound that to the party you're talking to. Oh, that's huge. And ones having the inner critic, we know that your own inner voice or your parents' voice can get projected, like you said, to your kids. So there's so many probably generations here. It's nothing to be Mm -hmm. taken personally, but yeah, we get that, Wes, and I get that. We're both in the idealist triad, Mm -hmm. and so we have to watch out for that. That's a great tip. Okay, tell us about type twos. Yes. So type two is just naturally the strengths are going to be that warm, nurturing, caring, very loving parent. I mean, it just oozes out of them. If you had a two parent, you know that. Um, And most people that had two parents or are two parents just say, well, I know that I was so loved by Mm -hmm. my parent above all. And I mean, what's a big, what's a greater gift than that really? Um, And they are going to provide such an open, I think, and caring place for emotion. Usually they welcome how their kids are feeling and want to validate those. And that is huge. Um, They're not going to, you know, usually shut that down, but care and want to want to take care of their kids. Um, Also that helper type, that servant hearted type, which is so much of parenting. And it's just so much harder for some people to want to do that. But the two is naturally wired that way. And so what a beautiful quality to just 
have, right? Mm -hmm. um, again, the shadow side. So every type I'm going to kind of go through and sell us our, the things we're going to want to celebrate in our type and we can um, utilize. And then the things that we want to face and kind of address in, other, in our uh, more shadow side. Yes. Uh, so for the two, it's going to be kind of that smothering or overbearing aspect, right? Mm. Wanting to be too involved in their children's life. Yeah. Um, you know, some parents want to be the best friend instead of the parent and to each their own in that way, if that works yeah. for you. Yeah. But sometimes it can be really too much for the kid. And so expecting um, what where that's coming from, though, and what they need to address is realizing that's a void of their them wanting to feel wanted and loved. And they're kind of expecting their child to fill that for them. And that's not fair. Right. Because so much, so many times, you know, that three-year-old that's tantruming that, that they don't care about that. They don't even know about that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so you can't expect that. Right. Um, and, and even just as they get, your kids get older, even adult children, I think mm -hmm. if you have a two parent who's still kind of wanting you to fill that void, it can create tension and it might even push your child away from you if there's too much pressure on that. Mm -hmm. So really kind of, addressing your need to be loved and wanted um, before you're projecting that onto your kids and mm. just realizing that you you can do that. It, you don't have to be perfect, right? That's not what we're asking everyone to do. Um, yeah. We're all going to mess up, but just when maybe catching it sooner is the goal. Oh, I think right now I'm expecting this of my child because I'm feeling a certain way. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. That's literally life giving for our two. <laughs> Thank you for saying that it is so key and critical. And even like you said, um, when their child gets to the voicing age to be able to listen and respect the mm. boundaries because twos don't often have boundaries. So, um, and yes. can be thinking inhibited. So sometimes even just taking that on to say, right. okay, like, let me take this home, process it, um, and think about how, if I actually respect the boundaries, we're going to be closer versus right. I know the fear is they're going to be driven away and I won't be able to meet all their needs. But instead, like you said, that child can have some differentiation and say, now I'm choosing to love you. And that's better. Exactly. Yes. Oh, so good. Scary, but good. So good. Okay. How about threes? Yes. So threes, you know, that really driven, successful, um, wanting to feel accomplished, type so that is gonna ref they're gonna project that on their kids in so many great ways as well yes, um they are. they are gonna see so much potential in what their kids could do or could be mm -hmm. and so I think what they do is they'll see that and celebrate it and go with it right like mm -hmm. oh I see that you're awesome at tennis so we're gonna yeah. just go with that yeah. and um mm -hmm. you know insert whatever it is but I think that can be super life-giving and push their child in the great direction of success mm -hmm. and joy in what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And they really know how to shepherd their child's gifts and they're mm -hmm. willing to do whatever it takes to help them get to that place or goal they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And how beautiful. I think also mm -hmm. they really instill confidence in their children. Yeah. Um, they can at least, and they can just sell again, celebrating their gifts and making them feel like they can do so many things, you know, um, that driven type, very encouraging um, when they're doing really well. So when they're not doing as well, that can come out sideways, right? So mm -hmm. it will, they might project 
performance onto their kids want them to be you know just the best at what they want to be but it comes out too much as or too much pressure on their children and they may feel the the child may feel like I'm you're produce you're expecting too much from me and how I can perform or what I can produce versus how I feel maybe and who I am and who I want to be right so a lot of times that can come out that way also I think they care a lot about image right and so you know when you have a three-year-old again that's tantruming or something um that's not always a good look for parents it's we know it's normal but it doesn't feel that way and Mm. so they might um project that on their children and want them to look a certain way and that can go as far as again to adulthood and what job they take and um how they parent their kids and so there's just so many ways it can come out but I think it's really important for threes to really address that their desire to perform doesn't always equate to what their kids desire is to perform in a certain area of life Wow, that is huge. And we just did a study recently, watched the study, had Trudy on, and they said threes make the most money of all the types. And so, oh, yeah. um, and fours make the least. And um, of course, we met some fours who were like, oh, I make a lot. And I just yeah. have my three and my eight types like inside of myself. Yeah. And so right. it doesn't mean we're polarized. It just means threes listening to really be in the experience of being a parent to know like that child might not be a little three. Um, and yes. my sister, who's been on a couple of times, has said that. And it's so funny because one of her kids is like, you know, a professor of math. And then one of them has, who is a four has a much smaller job and he's mm. literally thriving and so meaningful. And she texts <laughs> me and she'll giggle with me and be like, look at his picture. He's employee of the month. And we're just like, aw- like, we're like, just like, oh my gosh, we love this so much. We're going to cry yeah. because we finally figured it out. Like he's mm. not aggressive assertive. So yes. <laughs> thank you. This is like really like, you're like really speaking our life, what's happened and I wish we would have had this information younger exactly. so you could just celebrate who your child is. And then maybe yes. they'll rise up into bigger things later, but just like walking with them through that, because I think threes are really good at parenting older kids and they do get it. So be encouraged if you're um, with a three spouse or you're a three, like parents are a blessing as they grow too. So mm-hmm. it'll be fun for the threes to grow into this. Thank you. Totally. Exactly. Oh, yes. thank you. How about fours? All right. So fours, they're, you know, that individualist, that authentic, authentic person. And so they are going to celebrate that in their children. They want their kids to be exactly who they are, special, unique, whatever gifts they bring, um, just whatever they want, however they want to dress. Right. Yes. I always want to joke, like maybe the four parent of a kid who shows up in all this mixed match outfit because they picked that outfit out and their parent wanted to celebrate that. (laughs) And I love that. And that's so great. So um, the most beautiful thing of the four parent is they're going to welcome the good, the bad, and the ugly Mm -hmm. of all the emotions, right? Um, They are going to allow their child to feel what they want to feel and validate their experience emotionally, which is, I think, just lacking a ton in our American culture specifically. Mm. Um, And we're kind of learning a lot about that now. Uh, But I would say that is just such a gift if Mm. your parent can validate your emotional world. Um, Also, they're going to try to really hard not to make them feel shame, right? Because they understand that experience so much. They really don't want their child to feel that. Um, also this is the creative parent that is going to do all these fun things, you know, (laughs) they thought of the great experience to go 
you know, into town and do this fun thing they learned about or um, have a paint and art day or whatever it is and just do fun, different things with their kids that maybe not every parent thinks of. And they can offer that to other parents, which is really cool. So that is their beautiful world of the four as a parent. The harder parts of being a four as a parent in the areas to address would be that overly emotional world you experience might seep out onto your kids mm-hmm. and not projecting your own emotion onto uh, onto your kid. So if you're having a terrible day, how can you help deal with that internally so that you're not projecting onto your kid and they're experiencing that as well? Okay. Um, yes. Or when they want to sink into that deep pit of emotion um, your, your kids pick up on so much, right? We wish they didn't, but they pick up on everything mm. and even at young ages. And so that's really hard because we're human, but when a four feels deeply, it's very present. And so I would just say mm-hmm. really learning to yeah. not project that yeah. onto your kids is going to be the biggest um, area for them. So yeah. Oh, thank you. Such yeah. wisdom. Oh, we talk oh. about that a lot on this podcast. So here right. from all the lenses of the four, I'm like, oh my gosh, life giving. Yeah. Um, yes. huge. So knowing mm-hmm. that you can project and that uh sometimes that might be okay and important, but like they're yes. not they're not your therapist. And so yes. to help them to be able to have their child experience, which I know for really wants to do, you have to do some of that as a differentiated person, which isn't always easy for a hard type. So oh my exactly. gosh, exactly. Um, and the, about- oh, sorry. I was just going to say in the authenticity piece of just because whatever you're experiencing feels very real and important mm-hmm. in the moment that yeah. doesn't always, like you said, it doesn't always mean that you need to explain that to your child. You know, you can yeah. save that for another adult who needs to hear that and help you process that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely have done that and experienced that from different fours. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel that. Um, so thank you. Yes. How about our yes. fives? What would you say about them? Yes. Our cerebral type, they are going to be so patient, just a naturally um, teaching type right? They, they love learning, they love knowledge, and they're going to share that with their children. And that alone is just so important. I also think they're going to strive kind of like a one, they're going to strive to be that best parent they can, because they're going to research every way yes. to be the best parent. Yep. And, yeah. and that's a beautiful thing. They want to do well. They want to um, also help their kids. I think the adults, they want to instill skills that their children can take all throughout their life. They really care about making their child a competent, um, independent person. And I think that can be such a gift, Um, you know, and so that's where they really shine in that way as a parent. Um, The harder parts of the five are going to be that energy level, right? They really need that alone time and kids rarely give you any alone time. And so, especially certain ages. And so really learning to take care of yourself when in other, any way you can, so that you do have that energy, because I think kids can't always differentiate between what our needs are and what is about them. And so, Hey, mom or dad needs alone time for 10 minutes might feel like, Oh, they don't want to be around me. And so I think really teaching your kids that it's not about them um, as a five, it's actually just 
this is what mom needs every day, or this is what dad needs every day. Um, and really, and that can also be a gift to your kid, right? To learn, oh, what are my needs that I need? Um, but they can feel really drained and overextended. And that is when, you know, they might get more critical or more boundaried and um, kind of push their kids away. So. Yes. I think that is so helpful to hear uh, that the kids can make sure that they're not the ones who are in that positioning of, okay, I've mm-hmm. been neglected. I'm forgotten. I'm not cared about because there's this quiet presence, or maybe I've mm-hmm. known uh, five parents who need extra rest. And so yes. just because they're away from you, if the five can take some time to explain why, mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of deep love there, but to model the self-care and boundaries, huge mm-hmm. gift. As you said, our culture is so big on overdoing. So yes. I love that you're reminding us the fives can bless them if there's just some communication about this and some healthy environment. Yes. And I think for five parents, it's also that struggle um, for them to tap into their emotional world. It can be hard, right? They're very thinking type. And so if you have a very emotional kid, maybe that's different than you, that that might become a struggle. And so really learning whether that's going to therapy and that's true of all types, right? Um, We can all use help in all these ways. But I think if a five can really learn their emotional world better, it's going to just naturally help them parent an emotional child and help Mm -hmm. kids understand their emotional world more rather than just trying to live in that cerebral world and projecting that part onto your kids. So I think that's a big part for the five as well is emotions. Yeah. And doing their emotional work, even knowing they're so sensitive and that part is often such a small, like uh, to put in some Myers-Briggs terminology, kind of the 10 year old or the three-year-old part of them that's still processing it all. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is worth it. Keep doing it. Yes. Um, Yes. So, oh, thank you. What about your type six? Yes. (laughs) Still learning so much, (laughs) but Yeah. So strengths for that six is they're going to be prepared. (laughs) So they have thought of all the scenarios already and the what ifs of things that could go wrong, things that could go right. And so they're going to be prepared in so many ways. Um, They care so much about trust themselves. And so they're going to create a world where other people feel very trusted for their kids. You know, they're going to feel like their kids can trust them. Um, they're going to feel safe because safety is so important to them. So whether that's physical safety or emotional safety, they're going to really project that on their kids in the, in the best ways that can help them feel like, I know I'm safe with mom or I know I'm safe with dad uh, because I know they care about that. And so there's a lot of validating fear in that when you're doing your best as a six. Uh, I also think that sixes can be really present to their kids. Um, they're very aware of going what's going on now. Um, and so that's them at their best at their worst. Um, they can really project that fear onto their kids. So this could be a helicopter parent who's always worried about Mm. one getting hurt. Um, and that they're, they're not dealing with their own anxiety. It will come out and kids can feel that just like we were talking about earlier, kids pick up on these things. And so Mm. they are going to probably know if mom or dad is anxious and they may feel anxious. And so, and that's, your job as the parent to deal with your own so that they don't have to feel that and they do get to feel safe. So kind of the opposite of their best is their worst for yourself, right? Um, is really learning to deal with that anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think too, and this is something I'm really trying to be aware of is just because I thought of all the what ifs doesn't mean my child needs to, right? Um, and I think that's huge. So mm-hmm. yes, something could go wrong, but 
the likelihood is that it won't um, is enough to make your um, child not have to worry about what just could go wrong, you know? Um, and there are certain things I think that's so important, like, hey, watch watch your step on this, you know, on this um, playground. You don't want to get hurt because it's slippery, right? Okay, important safety thing to talk about. And then there's there's these irrational fears of what could happen at the playground that don't need to be shared, right? <laughs> just because you're thinking them doesn't mean that they need to be shared out loud. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a great point to be able to just say the first part versus the chaining negatively. Yes, exactly. Um, yes. If you fall in, then you, fun, you know. <laughs> yes, like, keep going onwards. forever. Yeah, onwards and downwards. We don't yeah. want to do that. We've done exactly. it before. I've certainly talked a lot on this podcast about being in my helicopter six-wing space. So mm-hmm. I think that it's really important that every parent know. I mean, my dad was that way even as an eight parent. Like there's so many mm-hmm. of us that spin out whatever our typology right. to this space. So that's a great word for all of us mm-hmm. is to make sure mm-hmm. that we uh, allow our kids to not carry the magnitude of all the what ifs, but to prepare yes. them as best we can. Love that you yes. said, do our own self-soothing. Huge, not mm-hmm. something culture promotes. Love that you said it. What about yep. type sevens? Yes. So obviously the fun adventurous parent um and they have such a childlike joy naturally and how fun when kids also usually just experience a childlike joy and so you're going to match that to your kids and that creates so many fun experiences so many fun adventures for your kids that they're going to really know life is what i like to say um in a beautiful way um they're so encouraging and optimistic to their children right and unlike the six with the negative space, a lot of times they're going to really lean on that positive space. Like, well, look at all these things that are so great. And so um, what a beautiful experience for children to not have to worry about certain things and feel excited about life and um, finding joy in so many things. Uh, the area of growth is that on the flip side of that, they reframe, right? They reframe a lot of negative experiences into positives. And there are age appropriate ways or there are age appropriate times. I think that that is necessary. And then there are age appropriate times where it's necessary to really talk about the negative stuff, right. And the real stuff of life and not kind of Pollyanna your way out of it. And I think it's really important for kids to know that life is hard too. And there's some sticky stuff and we got to work through it and really parenting on how can we work through it? in positive ways versus just pretending it doesn't happen. Mm. Um, I think they could get stuck in that. Also, I know a lot of seven parents really struggle with the mundane and routine sometimes of parenting. Um, I have a really strong seven wing and just I'm in out of coming out of the newborn phase and it's a lot of mundane and routine, you know, and that can be hard, that boredom um, part and feeling stuck. And so I think really trying to address, just embrace the time of life you're in and the season and really trying to be present, right? Because they just want to go like, okay, well, what's next? Um, mm-hmm. And so trying to address that space in yourself and that just need to do more and be more excited and stimulated uh, when that's not a lot of parenting. So um, mm-hmm. I think, again, kind of addressing that space for sevens, it's important. Um, and if, you know, similar kind of to uh, that five space, if your kid's really dealing with something hard, just being able to be present and not feeling so stuck in it. So finding outlets for yourself. If you're, if your home feels kind of more like a negative space for whatever reason, there's just hardship or something really making sure that 
sevens are getting their needs met outwardly so that they can be present inward in the home to their kids. Yeah. I think you're right to say there's a lot of ear uh, experientials that the seven thrives on. And so Mm. they could be gone even a lot trying to have those tactile experiences, kinetic learning, but to bring them home, if you're a seven parent Mm. listening to say, don't stay out as long, come back. Yes. Um, try to yes. get close to that, uh, your own inner child and your own um, hiding place and come on mm-hmm. in. Don't feel like you have to stay there forever, but come on in yes. to see what's going on. What are your needs? Um, being brave yeah. to sit with and focus. These are things that I would have loved to even know more mm-hmm. as a young seven parent that I'm mm-hmm. continuing to learn. But I think you've really nailed it, that um, that plus staying present to your family's emotions is huge mm-hmm. because I think with sevens, there's this tendency to uh, either polarize, like we said, with the four uh, or the one with the inner critic to be like, oh man, like, let's be all in it. And like, here's what's hard about life or hi, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think often just the family, like you said, just needs the regular, the mundane, the routine. Mm -hmm. And for the seven to be able to say, oh, things aren't perfect. They're not terrible. We can just be is a journey mm-hmm. and it's a, it's still a journey. I'm frankly on, especially when I'm yeah. also pairing that with like feeling trapped in the car. So recently I've been poking oh, through gosh, that. Like yeah. <laughs> I can do it when I'm at home, but when I'm in the car and there's moods all around me, should I listen to the I'm radio trapped. or is that like me trying to check out? And then I'm like, okay, I'm breathing. <laughs> so yes. we're all learning. Um, yes, totally. still learning, still finding. Yeah. What about a, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Cause yeah, of no. seasons, but yeah, go ahead. Yes. I was just going to say, it's such a balance and figure out on all of these, like, what is my need versus what, what am I trying to escape or run from? Right. And I think that's very true of the seven is, okay, I'm in a car right now and I am literally trapped <laughs> with these kids. So how can I, you know, like you said, self-soothe my, you know, and help myself in this moment and my needs, but also be present, um, you know, instead of just, I got to escape somehow. So right. being aware of those things for all of these all of our types is so important of, yeah. Okay. So eights. Yeah. We're not going to do it perfectly because like we said, we're titrating all the personalities in the car. And so we're like, okay, there's no perfect here. It's just survival sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So, but not traumatizing people. That's always a goal. So, all right. So let's talk eight. So that protective parent that is just a force for their family, for their children, uh, I've heard a lot of healthy eight parents and say their kids know that their parent has their back and is protected and loved and such a healthy force when they're doing well, yeah. um, a stable force. Um, I think to most of eight kid or parent parents, sorry, eight parents mm-hmm. who have kids, their kids usually feel very safe with them. And again, a huge need of children to feel. And so that is big. They're also going to prepare kids for adulthood and they really care about autonomy, right. And Mm -hmm. teaching them how to do that well, which is a huge life skill. Mm -hmm. And they're going to really encourage that in their children. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, uh, they can be that overpowering force, harsh words, maybe projecting their, that anger, onto their children and their children picking up on that, even if maybe they're not directing it towards their children, they're angry about something else. Mm-hmm. Again, our pick, kids pick up on that and they might feel like, Oh, mom is mad or dad is mad. Um, and really it's not about them. And so um, addressing your anger as 
as, as an eight is super big so that it doesn't seep out in those ways. And um, yeah, controlling their children, I think, right. Won't because they want to feel control. And mm-hmm. sometimes we are very out of control as parents. <laughs> and that's part of it. Right. And embracing that sometimes I think is big for an eight. Um, but again, addressing it internally is going to be the biggest thing for them so that it doesn't seep out. Oh, that's, I never thought about it from that perspective, but thank you for reminding us when you're trying to seek control, it can come out to your Mm -hmm. kids as sideways. So, uh, doing their own work. Oh, so huge. And also thank you for appreciating our wonderful eights and all the love. Tell us nines, your hubby. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, so patient, gentle, caring, great listeners, willing to sit with their kids and hear them out, even if, you know, they're asking a million questions or just, you know, having big, big experiences that nine is going to make them feel so heard and seen. And what a beautiful thing, really. Um, they are going to provide that stability when they're doing really well. And that is such a safe net um, for, for kids to feel accepted and loved um, for our growth for our nines is that merging piece is a big one, right? Where they kind of merge with their kids and don't really feel like they have their own confidence in themselves and how they're parenting, but just kind of rather please. Yeah. And kind of, and, you know, more of a negative term people use is like kind of that doormat parent, right? Which, you know, I don't love that term, but it can be true that if you don't you know, know yourself well enough and know what you want to project to your kids, it will just kind of, they might take over a little bit, especially if you have a strong personality child, um, right. That can really overtake some of that for the nine. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think, especially mothers, I would say that are nines that I've talked to, they just kind of lose themselves in that motherhood space. Right. Um, and they don't really know who they are and what they want and their needs and addressing their needs. And, taking care of themselves. And so they don't realize it, but then that anger can come out. Right. Or, Mm. um, they kind of dissociate and they're not as present. And so as, as soon as you start really addressing what you need and trying to make spaces for your needs to be met as a parent, you're going to meet your kids needs naturally. Right. Mm. Um, instead of maybe not being, you, you, parents of nine or nines as parents can kind of become aloof or, dissociate like I said and your kids pick up on that as well so Mm. it's important to address your own needs as a nine Mm. thank you that one feels really critical Mm. all of them do but that one really does because there's a lot of nines out there and so kindly trying not to take up Mm. too much space but yet like you said it's a disservice to everybody so I know it feels like they're going to lose the connection, but it's actually going to deepen the connections mm-hmm. to step in, to be there and to take care of themselves and their self-care. Oh yes. my gosh. Exactly. What a gift for them to hear. And we'll be revisiting that topic in September, even more. <laughs> yay. but yay for your beautiful, like life-giving uh, ways mm-hmm. for us as we step into a new season. So thank you so yes. much. Kelsey. Such a journey for all of us, right? We're learning as we fumble through it sometimes, you know, so, um, giving yourself lots and lots of grace as we talked about all these things is super important as well. Um, so I just want to say that too. Mm, Thank you. And where can everybody find you so they can continue to learn with you and from you? 
Yes. So I have a Instagram and it's called Enneagram with Kelsey. You can follow my content there to learn more all things Enneagram. And then if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, I do discover calls, which is we're helping you find your type and that um, you can find all that information on my website, which is also enneagramwithkelsey.com. Mm. And then I also do like kind of a deeper dive into your type, which is grow. And that is a five session package where we really deep dive into all things of your type and address a lot of your goals that you may have that you're kind of coming into coaching with um, and interweave that throughout learning about the Enneagram. So yeah, reach out. I love that. And I love that you, even in your journey, you have uh, come to realize you are a six through coaching. So it's helpful for people to know that about you, that you know how valuable coaching is personally. Right. Yes. I mistyped twice. I thought I was two different numbers for a while. (laughs) So it was a, it was so refreshing to learn um, that I was a six and yeah, I think it's just so much more helpful when someone else can walk with you through it. And so I'm really passionate about that. Yeah, me too. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for this today. It was so wonderful. Oh, thank you together. for having me. I'm so, so excited to hear more of the parenting series too. Yes. Thank you for this preview and awesome start to it. All right. Talk yes. to you later. Okay. I hope you're just sitting with that with me to really allow this to marinate, to just say, okay, I see what I need to do. And I've been given grace. I've been given specific tools. And I want you to make sure you take one thing from today that you can carry forward. I know for me, it's going to be letting people have their feelings and continue to work on self-soothing when they do that. Because in my extroverted ways, even though I'm an introvert in terms of how much time I want to spend by myself, I'm extroverted in the sense that when I am out there with everybody, I am feeling all the feels. So for me, it's a, a joy to be able to say, oh, margin for me looks like pulling back and not carrying the load for everybody, but letting the differentiation happen. So maybe that's your lesson too. And maybe that's part of why you and I connect over this podcast is you have to do that with your kids too and not helicopter. But maybe there's another lesson for you like, oh, let them be a kid. I'm in my three space or I'm in my nine space and I've been merging so much. Um, Whatever it is, I invite you to creating a goal that is reasonable, intangible and small. And if you need more help doing that, don't forget Kelsey is right there to individually coach you. We're right there with our collective. We have so many ways that we all want to serve you. And we're just so glad. So check out the show notes and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.